0: Yo! Yo! Thanks for the opportunity, man. I really appreciate it. Let me. Hey, thanks for right? coming Look through. Look at that. It's crazy, right? We're, we're, no, we're, my pleasure, man.
1: Um, so, Let me so, set
0: this
1: here. What is this? What of, is this one of your houses that you're flipping? What's going on?
0: For some reason, I put you in for tomorrow. I don't know why. And I was out shooting a vlog episode. Like, I do these handsome weekly things. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, shit. It's, I'm like, all right, we're doing this. We're doing it. All good, man.
1: Thank, uh, thanks for coming through on Mind Your Biz, and we want to mind your biz. You got some cool stuff going on. I saw some of your commercials, man. That's great.
0: Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, The industry's a lot of fun. Um, I mean, if I you work 80, 100 hours a week, you want to have a good time with it, right? Absolutely.
1: How, how long you been doing uh, the house flipping and investing?
0: Um, a while recently? So I've been, uh, I've been a full-time real estate investor. I guess a little bit of background on me. Um, I've been a full-time real estate investor for the last six years. Um, I'm in Long Island, New York, which is a very difficult market for a lot of different reasons. It's hyper-competitive. The properties are very expensive. It's completely built out, so there's no new land. It's very difficult to build new construction. Uh, very political, a lot of you know nimbyism, which is not in my backyard. People don't like change here. So uh, I do anywhere from 70 to 110 fix and flips a year. Uh, plus, I also do commercial development. I have a master's from NYU in real estate development that I got a year ago, finished up a year ago. And now I have big commercial projects going on in addition, such as um, I just got a 138-bed assisted living facility approved. I'm doing another 119-bed right now. I'm doing a Pudgy's drive-thru, Popeye's drive-thru chicken. Uh, affordable housing like i cast a very very wide net in the real estate world wow you're doing a lot brother so what
1: um like when you said you landed these these uh big jobs is this to acquire them or what like the uh what was it the nursing facilities and what what kind of projects are those yeah
0: so when you do big the best thing about real estate you know is it's it's versatility so i can do a bunch of different things with them just For example, with these bigger projects, let's say in assisted living, I've just got one approved in a town called Farmingdale, which is Nassau County, Long Island. Uh, Once I go and I I get the land, I get the land tied up uh, subject to getting the approvals to build whatever I want there. So I have the land under contract. Nobody can do anything. And I get myself uh, a good period of time in order to do that. I then go through the process. I'm doing an analysis of, you know, what's the highest and best use and what's the best yield and ultimately what's the best fit for the area. I get the approvals to build what I want there. And then at that point, I have any number of exit strategies. I can build it myself and operate it. I can build it myself and pay an operator to run it like a hotel. I can do a ground lease where I can lease the dirt to a company for 99 years who's going to come in and build an assisted living facility that I essentially own and run it. Uh, I could just outright sell the deal. Uh, I could JV with somebody and use the equity that I created as a result of getting the approvals because I have it under contract at X. And once I get the approvals, it immediately jumps to Y.
1: No, that's great, man. You got, you're making a lot of options for yourself. Um, And I know you're working hard because I know that market over there. um, You you said Farmingdale that brought back a, a, a mini nightmare for me. Uh I was supposed to get a Starbucks over there uh by the train station. They made a, a nice, you know, development of uh what were they like condos. And um Which uh
0: you talk about the rental buildings they just built south of the train station?
1: Yeah, I was supposed to be a part of the yes. uh Star did they put a Starbucks there in, in the base of the building or no?
0: Yes, there is a Starbucks.
1: Yeah, that was uh I was in that yeah, there deal is- till somebody the guy that uh well, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it was a nightmare because I, I was ready to, to take that to, to make that Starbucks happen. And and once you get one Starbucks, they actually give you other opportunities. So uh, it is kind of like a war story for me. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I know that market is very hard. So for you to, you know, to do as much uh, business as you're doing is uh, I know you're, you're you're working hard, man.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, listen, Nate. There's a lot of sacrifice that comes with it. Like, I'm, I'm 41 years old, I, I work a lot, I'm not married, I don't have kids, like, it's just, it is, it's my life at, at this point. Um, but, I'm, but I'm happy, I enjoy it, I wake up every day and I'm like, this is great, like, I'm just, I'm fired up, every day is a new adventure. You know, it's, um, being a business person is like the professional sport that never ends. You could like, you could play it until you die. That's right. Right? Right, it's true, and,
1: and it's, it's such a rush. All the time, just like in sports, it's exhilarating. You 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 may, you got a good deal. You you get some bad deals. You get challenges. Um, it it really is like sports. It's a good comparison uh, because you're constantly on edge. You constantly got to think of strategies uh, if you want to be successful. Anyway, right?
0: Yeah, and the industry is also constantly evolving. And you know, I don't. How, how old are you? I'm old
1: enough to to say that I'm <laughs> not telling you my age because we're not going to... I'm married already. No. <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: Uh, so I mean, I'll use myself. So I'm, I'm 41. Yeah. And um, a lot of people in, in my age range from 35 up, they're kind of like, they're slowing down. Yeah, They're like, you know, I, I've done good. I just want to coast. I'm happy. I want to go on vacation. And that's great. But I like hanging out with like the 22 to, to 28-year-old, you know, young bucks and buckets that are like on the cutting edge of technology and social media, it, it keeps you It keeps you young. It keeps you fresh. It does. So I'm
1: curious, and you don't have to tell us your secret sauce, but how do you either get all of these opportunities? How did you develop that rapport? Because in the market you're talking about at Long Island, it is difficult to f- find properties, let alone, you know, get get some great deals out of them. So what, what has been, you know, besides obviously your marketing, you, I mean, you have commercials on TV, that's a great strategy. Um, what are, what are some, some of the keys to your success
0: throughout the years? Um, I think the biggest key is to my successes. So, and I was thinking about this recently because my goal is, my ultimate goal is to have a private equity fund. But before I leave the game and go into private equity, I wanna do 200 deals in one year in the hardest market I think in the country. Wow. And that, for me, like that will prove to me in my mind that like I did it better than than most people, if not anybody, right? So, in order to do that kind of volume, you have to do everything. Like, you need a cold calling sales force. You need a, a top notch CRM. You need to be doing mailers and text blasts and social media and constant networking and and you name it. You have to be doing it. And I didn't re- I didn't invent any of this stuff. People have been doing this forever and going to auctions and stuff like that. What I will say is. I built my business, and I think that this is the best way to build a business. It's the cheapest, yet the most time-consuming. A, you have to be a good person and actually give a shit about people. If you don't care about people, this isn't going to work. If you build the network properly and focus on making other people money and sharing and making sure that everybody has a good time in the process of working with you, you will develop a residual network of people that will bring you deals that literally cost you nothing forever. And that is the secret. And all the other marketing kind of plays into that brand recognition. But if I want to quantify where the overwhelming majority of my deals come, it's definitely via relationship that I've established over the last six years.
1: That's great. And that, that's a good point that a lot of budding entrepreneurs don't realize. You got to put the time in. You have to talk to people. You can't just email and text. And that that's a part of it. But you really have to build that connection. Uh, and like you said, people will call you and, and find deals for you. So so you have many extensions of yourself once you put yourself out in the world and, and people know you're a good person and know that you actually care about what they're saying too. And you're referring business back. And I'm sure you're doing all of that uh, because that's a part of building good, good reputation is reciprocating and, and giving your time to people.
0: 100%. Like I have a text platform where I – answer investor questions all the time. I'm constantly putting out information like you and educating the public for no other reason than I feel it's the right thing to do for the ecosystem. And the cool thing that I've noticed recently on Long Island in my market in like the past three months is we're all starting to come together as a group of people to help one another. And because of that, the people that are on board with that are doing a lot more business. So instead of operating with a scarcity mentality and trying to keep everything close to the vest, you know, that's the old school way of doing things. They're helping, they're sharing ideas. And as a result, everybody's doing more business.
1: No, that's a beautiful thing. It's kind of breaking out of the old school model. And and that's what you're doing as a, as a younger investor, you, you're kind of bringing this new, this new sense of camaraderie and bringing younger people to the table. And, um, and you're exposing yourself, not hiding your ideas and hiding your, you know, your your wisdom. And that's great. And, and, and it's working
0: for you. So, you know, I
1: commend you on that.
0: Thank you, man. Yeah, it's super important. At the end of the day, like, you know, money's great. But at what point, like, how much is enough? And then what's your legacy? And what kind of impact did you have on the world and, and people around you? Like, it's great to get DMs and things from people saying, yo, I did my first deal because I've been watching your podcast or like. You know, I I was working in Amazon. I listened to every one of your videos, and now I got my real estate license, and I'm selling deals, and I made a hundred thousand dollars last year. Like, bro, that's better than any any deal.
1: That's beautiful. So you do uh, you do have some kind of online training that you offer to uh, young young entrepreneurs and any, any entrepreneur?
0: No, no, not at all. I just I put out free educational content on all of my platforms all the time, just to do it. And um, and that's the stuff people are watching. Like I have a podcast similar to you. People, people listen to it. Um, I do put out all kinds of YouTube videos, just posts on my Instagram, and it's just it's just free content, and uh, it helps a lot of people, which is great. And a byproduct of that, it you know builds brand recognition in my market, and it ends up bringing me a lot of deals and enables me to build relationships. You know, podcasts like this, I tell everybody, I put videos out in my market, and I say, listen, everybody needs to start a podcast. And if you need your first guest, I'll be your first guest. And the great thing about podcasts is, I mean, it builds such crazy relationships in such a short period of time. Like I have a guy on a podcast. I had a guy on a podcast three weeks ago and he said he started a podcast because I said you should go start a podcast. Brings me on his podcast. Never met him before. He said, we're here because of you. Thank you. I brought him on my podcast the following week. We've done two deals together in the last month. Wow. That's beautiful. Game changer. That's that's, that's amazing. Game changer.
1: No, that's great. You put yourself out there, and uh, good things can happen if you're a good, you know, you're a good business person, and, and it's clearly happening. Um, tell tell some of our younger audience that are trying to get in the game, um, that may not have the money to make their first deal. So, what are some of the, I guess the, I don't know, the more obvious tips, like wh- how do they get in the game when when they don't start off rich, they don't have money like that? Um, what do, what do you tell them?
0: All right. So, a couple of things. A, money is the easiest part of this business. Do not focus on money. Money is super easy to come by. You need money. Yes. Doesn't have to be your money. And if you set it up the right way, like my mentor told me, you're going to have more people trying to throw money at you than you have deals to do. And that is exactly the case today. The main focus is I want everybody to understand this is a process. You have to love the process and love the journey of becoming a real estate investor, a business person, a plumber, whatever it is. You have to love the process because it takes time. I trained with my mentor for three years before I was ready to do my first deal. Then it took me a year to find my first deal once I was ready. And in the last six years, I've done over 400 houses. So it takes time. You you got to be patient. And, you know, life goes by fast, but you got to relax because there's more time than you think. Wow. I mean, you're doing a lot of
1: quantity, man. That's a lot of that's a lot of work.
0: Wow. It's that's pandemonium. A I have yeah. an amazing team, 25 employees. I mean, we I basically built companies to, to support my company. So I built in Long Island. We need we need permits and architectural plans. It's a very difficult process to navigate. Um, so I built a five-man in-house permit company that supports my deals. I have a 15-person construction company, and then subcontractors that surround those. I have two full-time foremen that run jobs. Um, you know, I have in-house people bringing in deals. I have in-house property management to manage the rental portfolio, and we're still understaffed, and we need more people.
1: Wow, it's amazing. So, and the point—the point of getting in the game is you got to, you got to want to learn about it. You got to be patient. You got to be hungry. Um, and you got to put, t- put your time in. And you're saying you got to put your time in. You don't, you can't just come out there thinking you're going to be a successful investor or a flipper. It sounds, you know, it sounds to me like you, you really got to, you got to learn from some great mentors also. That was probably an important factor for you.
0: That was huge. And so the way I got started real quick in real estate is I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 27. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to become a professional, a real estate, a professional investor. So I ended up, I did some, ex- I did some digging around and I looked into the stock market and I was like, eh, it's not for me. People make a lot of money in it, but it's just, I'm not wired for that. So I went to NYU to take a one-day course on REOs. This is after the market had crashed. You know, like every new investor, they think, ah, oh, the banks are just giving houses away. They're just, they're just giving them to you, right? Obviously, we know that's not the case. But um, there they told me, they said, you should go and join the local RIAs. So RIA stands for Real Estate Investment Association. I joined, joined the local one in Levittown, New York, and that's where I met my mentor. And again, I spent I spent three years with him. The, the foundational training that you receive, if you do it the right way, will set you up forever. And it's got to be something that you love so much that even when it's so hard, even when like the shit is hitting the fan in the worst possible way, you wouldn't, you'd rather not be anywhere else than what you're doing.
1: Right. And that's hard. I think a lot of the, the young, entre- young entrepreneurs don't understand that you may not make money for a long time uh, and you got to put your time in. Yep. you got to pay your dues. and uh, And that's what separates successful people from those that don't succeed is because successful people... You're not thinking about the money. You want to learn. You want to, you want to be the, the best at your craft. And obviously, you do want to be successful and make money, but you know that it takes, you know, educating yourself. And it takes experience, and, and that takes time, and time is money, so you got to invest your time. And uh, I think that's where people are kind of missing the boat.
0: No, with, with Without a doubt. I mean, we live in, an in, we always lived in an instant gratification society. I don't know if I'm getting old or if the youth are even more so. I want it yesterday, yesterday because of, I mean, you go on YouTube every two minutes, there's some guru selling you a, you know, a $39 book on how to get rich on Amazon or Dodge coin or, you know, pulling some kind of scam. But, um, it's really slow and steady, man. It is the, the few people, the 0. 0.001% that make it fast are the underwhelming, are the overwhelming minority. That doesn't, it doesn't happen that way.
1: You're right. And, and everyone, you know, and it goes out on social media that they they're an overnight success and everyone thinks they can be that because it's easier, right? Let's do that. Let's hit the lotto. Uh, but that's not how real business and a sustaining business works.
0: Now it's Ferraris. It's hot girls with big asses on Instagram. It's, it's, it's nonsense. It's, it's total freaking nonsense. I mean, I'm wearing $30 worth of gap clothes and I drive around in a Honda HRV that I pay 260 bucks a month for. Like, I don't care, but you know, I'm doing deals like crazy and I have a hundred plus rentals. It's like, it's just, it's all a matter of what's important to you.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, so I'm, I'm also curious. Um, wow. So in six years, you did 400. So, do you typically, how do you know when you're going to flip a property, uh, as you know, comparing to uh, holding on to it and, and making it a rental? Um, because that's a big, a big sure. issue with new investors. They don't, they don't know, they don't make the right decision. A lot of them, they're flipping. They make 10,000 on a flip or 20, uh, and maybe they could have made a lot more by holding on, or vice versa. They held on and it wasn't very fruitful for them. So how do you uh, decipher uh, flipping or keeping?
0: Well, I, I always know when I'm going into a deal what I'm going to be doing with it. And, and a lot of that has to do with the education. So you, you know, I, I have rentals on Long Island so I understand the markets and I know where rentals work and rentals don't work. So, you know, typically in my market I do a lot of Section 8 CDC program-based rentals. You need a low acquisition price And you need a, uh, you need lower taxes. The taxes on the ground are very, very, very high uh, because otherwise the numbers just don't jive. So the simple answer is you have to know what the, uh, the rental equation is. You have to know that you have to understand what the market rents are, and then you have to factor in all the costs associated, which are vacancy rate, CapEx, management, maintenance. And even if you say like, oh, it's never vacant, or even if you say, oh, it's a renovated property, it doesn't need any work, or it has a tenant in it, whatever it is, the bank on your refinance or your initial funding is going to factor in for these things. So you need to also, so you have to understand everything. And then what your true NOI or net income is divided by how much money you actually have in the deal gives you whatever your cash on cash return is going to be. And then you should compare that return to what other things are available in the market. So I'll give you an example and then how much work you have to put into it. So if you're going to buy a house, got renovated, put somebody in it, and you're going to make a 4% return, you know, you might not want to incur all that risk when you can just lend money on the street and not do anything and get 10, 12, 14, 15%. Um, with that said, everybody's idea of a good investment is different. There's tax benefits with certain rentals and things, but you know, Long story short, you have to go through the process of understanding the market, understand what kind of person you are. Do you want to deal with tenants? Do you want to manage management companies? Do you just want to lend money? Like, What do you want to do? And then based on that, be honest with yourself and compare the returns to other things in your market or outside your market, but make sure it hits whatever your criteria is. You're going to develop a criteria over time for what you feel is a good return versus the risk you're putting in and the effort.
1: Right. That makes sense. So the key is no, before you go, uh, before you go in. Oh, always. Uh, always. Right. And and that makes you a more educated buyer, seller, whatever. Um, and I think a lot of people watch these TV shows and they think it's just easy. Uh, you just go online, you find your property, you hire your contractor, then you flip it and you make 30 grand and they don't realize there's so much more that goes into that.
0: Yeah. Nah, man. It's years. Like it's years. Of, uh, of education to really do it right. And if, if it's, it's very important to have both the formal education component and then the real world component, because that's gonna make you really successful. And you can't just have all of one or all of the other. Like at NYU, I was blessed to go to school with a lot of very intelligent and also very wealthy, like multi-generational real estate investors, like kids. And, you know, they're very smart and a lot of them have a lot of money and or have a lot of money, but they don't have the real world in the street, rough, rugged and raw experience. And at the same time, you'll have people that have balls and they go out and they'll just buy deals, but they don't have the educational background to be able to support and prepare and they get hurt. When you get the two and you put them together, it's like the most deadly combination you can have. Right.
1: And I'm, I'm curious also, how, ha- how have you adapted to business pre-COVID to now post-COVID? What's really changed, if anything, in your head or in your business, um, you know, what's changed in the market? What, how did you have to adapt
0: to this new normal of business? So there's a couple of different things. A, the market always cycles. Before COVID, I actually mellowed out with my buying because I didn't like the way the market looks because it was overinflated. I felt that we were due for some kind of a correction. I didn't know it was going to be a, you know, a virus that swept the globe. Um, so I scaled back. I also don't use institutional private money lenders. And when COVID hit, those guys lost their lines of credit. I raise private money from just average, normal people. So when everybody's running away, I run into the fire. So when COVID hit, I was like, bam, it's go time. The market's going to reset to a certain extent. All the novice investors got knocked out. The institutional hard money lenders were out of the game because they lost their. So there was only me. Hansom's the only guy left standing with a bunch of private lenders that are ready to uh, get capital in the game. And I bought 17 houses when COVID hit the first month. Wow. So I also got very lucky in the sense that COVID boosted business in, in the suburbs. So Long Island is a suburb of Manhattan. Everybody and their mother left Manhattan to come to Long Island. There's no inventory to begin with. I have relationships, experience, and a butt-ton of private capital to put out into the world. Blew up. Wow. That's amazing. And
1: that's good to hear um, because whenever there's some kind of a crisis, whether it's in, in our society in some way, there's always opportunities. And you clearly... Uh, you were prepared for it because you made the right move by leaning back before COVID, when when I you know everything was definitely overpriced, and then you were ready. Uh, so the, a key you know observation to that is be patient, because there might be that time when you need to you know sit back and then go hard, and that's exactly what you did. And that's a good lesson to people is that uh, to be an investor doesn't mean uh, you always have to be buying something. Uh, you can lay low nah. educate, learn and and just be prepared and ready um, and I think a lot of people fail because they they're trigger happy to get something because they they inherited some money or they saved some money and they're watching all these HD uh, shows. so that's a good lesson to learn from yep. you. Uh, you were ready, you laid back and then you 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 were swinging for the fences and hitting home runs
0: no nah, very you know very smart man that's a that's the perfect point. And I mean, another thing that's very important in my opinion is uh, versatility within what you do in real estate. And what I mean by that is I spent a lot of time training on every aspect of real estate in regards to asset classes and things like that. So I first started flipping houses in like, you know, real solid 10 out of 10 school district areas. Then I started working into flipping houses in areas that weren't so good, but people still want to live there and the markets are still hot. Then I started doing dormers on houses, building new construction. Then I started learning about tax liens and tax deeds and buying non-performing notes and then doing heavy-duty commercial. So basically, regardless of what's going on in the world, I can buy. And people always come to me because they know that regardless of what they get, I understand it. I'm not just the guy that flips houses in Levittown or builds new construction in Merrick. I'm the guy who does everything.
1: Wow. No, that's great. I mean, um, you got your hands in everything. So essentially, you're diversifying your portfolio. And that's smart. If you can afford to do that, and build yourself to do that. I mean, that's the dream. Um, You're not not a one track pony.
0: Yeah. So it just takes time and dedication. You got to love it. Don't uh, don't get married early. And uh, I mean, if listen, if you do, you do. But it's just, it's harder, man. Like, my life is kind of my life by design. Like by 45, I'm like, all right, I can get married and have a kid at 45. I've already had a certain level of success. I can pay great people enough money to support me that we can still keep the machine moving and I don't have to kill myself 150 hours a week.
1: No, it makes sense. I mean, wh- what you're saying is, so, so people don't get offended, Is he's not saying don't get married. He's saying focus, you know, get your life straight before you start trying to share your life with somebody else and and that makes that's a, actually out of respect for the other people too um because you're you're establishing a great foundation for whoever comes into your life whether it be a, a you know a, a partner or a kid whoever so um yeah. i'm with you you know dedicate yourself to whatever passion and, and whatever business and then and kind of uh, have your fun and kick back later
0: you know yeah i mean just i mean the long and short of it is just just put yourself in the best position to be successful at whatever it is that you want to be successful at, at whatever level you want. And there's no right or wrong answer. That could be making 30 grand a year, 50 grand, 30 million. It, it doesn't matter. But you got to put yourself in the best position to succeed at what you want to be good at.
1: That's great advice. Um, just a couple of more like specifics, because I ask you know, people in real estate investment all over the country, What what is a typical... Uh, like cap rate out in your market, the average, I would say, I know it's all over the place, but what is an average decent uh, or the average cap rate that people, uh, investors are getting in, in the rental markets out there? Or multifamily? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you'll see multifamily depending on if it's, you know, anywhere from, you know, class A to class D going anywhere from as low as like 4% to like seven, depending on the condition and the type of property. But the market that I'm in right now is so starved for rentals and so starved for housing that obviously that really compresses the cap rates. So, you know, you got the bigger developers that are building, you know, 50, 100, 200, 300, 400 unit class A buildings, you know, they're selling and refinancing those things out at somewhere between four to five cap. If you're in New York City, I mean, pre-COVID, I mean, there were guys that were buying buildings off appreciation, one caps, two caps. I mean, literally off of future appreciation. It was crazy, crazy that, market.
1: That is crazy. Wow. And
0: what um
1: to our audience, what what would you consider to be a, a decent flip on a standard, one family, fix it up a little bit, and flip? What is the kind of profit range that you know an an investor should be? looking at or, or be content with?
0: Um, that's the only thing I really don't talk about publicly ever or just in general. I don't talk about actual like dollar amounts. I just feel like there's no benefit to it. But sure. the one thing I will encourage investors to do, you're going to actually flip houses and, and buy them. We're not talking about like flipping paper here. You, uh, you don't want to work off of slim margins because if something goes bad, inevitably it's going to. I can tell you, I live it every day. You're going to get crushed. So you have to be able to have enough money in the budget to have a healthy profit margin, whatever that is to you, and have what I refer to as, oh, shit, money in case something goes bad um, because stuff, stuff does. Uh, at the end of the day, like you don't want to do this just to have the experience. I hear a lot of investors are like, I just want to do it to flip a house. I don't need to make any money. Yes, you need to make money because you could lose 50 grand if you don't know what you're doing. So Get an education, focus your, focus your efforts on marketing to get the right deals that gives you the right spread to make money.
1: Oh, that's great advice. Um, and can you tell everybody your, your handle um, or where y- you want people to find you?
0: Nice. No, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. It was great to, uh, to hook up with you. Yeah. Um, I'm on every platform there is. The Handsome Homebuyer on Instagram, it's handsome underscore homebuyer, Charles Weinraub. Uh, TikTok, same thing, handsome homebuyer, Twitter, et cetera. You just put in the handsome home buyer, and I pop up everywhere. I uh, YouTube as well. So thank you, man. I really wow. appreciate the time and the opportunity.
1: No, thank you for coming, letting us mind your biz and going into your world. Um, and who knows, we might we might do a deal together in, in the next thirty days too. Let's do a Starbucks, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. We'll get on a call after this, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get back here in a month and tell the audience what we did.
0: Thanks, brother. I appreciate right. you. Have a great day. All
1: right. Stay well.